Welcome to Become a Calm Mama. I am your host, Darlin Childress. I am a life and parenting coach. And on this podcast, my goal is for you to feel calm, right? It's called Become a Calm Mama. And the reason that I do a lot of talking about being calm and how to regulate our own nervous systems as moms is because being a parent is very overwhelming. Motherhood is really hard. And I think that moms oftentimes have a lot of struggle in, you know, managing misbehavior without losing their shit, without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling angry, resentful, frustrated, sad, all the feelings because raising kids is so difficult. So a lot of things that I talk about on here are about managing our own stress and our own nervous system so that we can become calm. And I love what I teach. I really do. I think it's so valuable and so helpful. But I've been thinking a lot lately about why are we so overwhelmed? Why are we so burned out in the first place? Why is it so hard? And I've titled this episode, The Problem with Modern Motherhood, because I want to talk about the big picture of motherhood and the expectations around motherhood and help you understand sort of why you feel so crazy and overwhelmed, because it's not just that your kid is, you know, spitting out their food or not cleaning up their room or didn't put their shoes on or got a bad grade or hit their friend or you know, did something wrong at school. That's not actually why we're so overwhelmed. There are other systemic issues in parenting right now that are kind of the root causes of why we're so overwhelmed. So I kind of wanted to break those down, talk to you about them, and hopefully you'll walk away from this episode feeling a little bit, um, a little bit freer. That's my goal. So Why do I want to talk about this now? Last week was Mother's Day. And I have been talking a lot about Mother's Day and how important it is that moms who are doing the mothering, the the parents who, the mothers who are in the like trenches of motherhood should get to define what they want to do on Mother's Day. And I was kind of thinking about like the past Mother's Days and maybe why that message hasn't been out there. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's because in the past, maybe moms weren't so burned out. Maybe in the past, moms weren't so overwhelmed. Maybe they didn't need an entire day away from their children where they didn't have any responsibilities. Could it be that we have created a dynamic in our society where the expectations are too high on moms? And that we are experiencing burnout at much greater levels because of these expectations. Not because we're not like able to cope or something like that, but more about the fact that maybe there's just too much. And the other reason why I wanted to bring this up is because just in this past week, I have had a few conversations with moms and talking a lot about guilt, feeling so much guilt and feeling overwhelmed and feeling sad. Like for example, in May, May is a crazy month. There are a lot of things that parents are expected to be at. Some of those events are in the middle of a work day. And you may have something on the calendar for work that you've set up months ago. 
if you're a working mom and you aren't able to make it. I have a very good friend whose um, parent isn't able to make it at their high school graduation because of a work commitment. This happens a lot in the film industry, especially. And so we end up feeling we're, we're sad, of course, and you get to feel sad if you're missing something. But there's this other layer of guilt that gets into it. I've had a few conversations, not just one, but several this week with moms who are taking care of neurodivergent kids, who are raising kids who, you know, don't fit in a standard for education or learning or behavior or whatever. Their brains work differently. And because of that, they have a lot more appointments in their life. They have a lot more behavior that they have to manage and they have to be a little bit more on top of the school system and their family life and all of the appointments and all of the therapies. And, you know, I'm talking to moms and they just feel so overwhelmed or they'll feel really guilty. Oh, I should have caught this earlier. And it's like, you're not a child development expert, right? You don't know. You're only doing what you can in the moment. So there's this guilt. Oh, I should be there at this event. Oh, there's the, I should have known better. I should have been able to recognize the signs. How would you know? How do you know when they're going to have Mother's Day appreciation at a preschool? You know, if they haven't told you a year in advance and you've made something, another plan, or you've decided to go away with your girlfriends or something like that. So the, there's this guilt, this overwhelm, um, that is here. And I think what happens is then moms will start to feel a little bit burned out on parenting and feel a little bit, you know, they have all these unprocessed negative emotions and then they'll be critical of themselves because they're not just being happy. Why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just enjoy my kids? Now they're feeling guilt about feeling guilt, which is coming from, uh, you know, unrealistic expectations and overwhelm. So, okay. The, the thing that has changed in our society is that there is this ideal mother and that there's this dream of motherhood that has been presented to us, primarily through social media um, and, and through, you know, sort of the standards that just keep getting crazier and crazier with birthday parties and you see one mom doing it and then you have the the Pinterest mom and then she does the thing. So then you think, well, that's what good moms do. So then you do the thing. So it's not just Instagram. It's also just sort of you walk into a store and it's like, here's all the cool things you can buy for your kid's birthday party or for summer or for holidays. There's so much commercialism. There's so much capitalism. There's so much you're being sold as a package of this is what motherhood should look like. And then one or two people buy into it. And then all of a sudden it's the standard and everybody is doing party favors and everybody is doing, you know, a donut wall or whatever, plus a cake, plus snacks, plus a, you know, the birthday parties are getting outrageous, right? So because we have the ability to see what other families are doing because of social media, because of apps, because of, you know, uh, really like, the homogenation of capitalism and, and the messaging is so universal around things. It's not so, you know, mom and pop shops that sort of just put out a display. There's like giant marketing campaigns put out by major corporations that are nationwide. 
So we all are getting the same messaging that this is what motherhood's supposed to look like and this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to walk you through some of the things that are like unrealistic and unsustainable just so you can kind of get a get an idea of what I'm talking about. Like, okay, so in modern society as a mom, you're responsible for so much stuff. Like literally your child's education and their academic achievement is on your plate. So from homework to grades to getting them into the right school, whether that's college or preschool, parents have been told that there's an ideal, that this is the standard and you should strive for it. And if you don't strive for it, you aren't helping your kid reach their potential. Like if you're not doing everything you can to get your kid in that school or that system or that, you know, type of environment, then you must not be very dedicated as a parent. So if you're not doing homework with them and reading with them every night and, and monitoring their schoolwork and checking their grades and, you know, if you're not paying attention, then that means you're not a good mom. So then the expectation is you better be paying attention, reading with that kid every day, doing those homework packets every night. And, you know, for older kids, looking at their grades, finding out what assignments they have, getting into that Google classroom and keeping your hands on the pulse. I am telling you, that it has not always been like that. We didn't have access to the information previous generations didn't. They didn't have, you couldn't see your teacher's grade book. Like I was a teacher before online, like before we were able to learn like that. And and t- uh, before there was the internet essentially is when I was a teacher, um, which makes me sound very old, but you know, I'm not that old, but the technology has changed significantly. So now that you can open a portal and you can look at a teacher's, you know, missing assignments and grade book and everything. And that's new. So now because we have access to it, we're expected to monitor it. So we're expected to monitor our kids' academics and their education. School of choice is another example. If you have a, if you're able to pick the right school for your kid, then you better figure out what that is. And you better know what that is because if you don't know what that is, you might pick the wrong school. And then what happens with school of choice is we're commuting and we're having, you know, we're, we're driving all over town and we're not connected to the neighbors as much. So we don't have as much social support. So because we're expected to, you know, I love it. It's good. It's good to have choice and things like that for our kids. But at the same time, it can put pressure on us to do things right, to know best. And we don't, we're not educated in that field, right? We're not child development experts. We're not um, tutors. Like we're not teachers. We don't know. I, You know, some of us are. Some of you are teachers. You were trained as teachers like me. But for the most part, most parents aren't. But then the expectation is that you should be. Other expectations, feed your kids healthy stuff, right? Watch their sugar, have family dinners, send water bottles to school, send a snack and a healthy lunch, but don't do Lunchables because you're lazy, but only send things your kids like, but not too much junk, like only one bar, but you should always serve veggies, even if they don't eat them. And if they don't like their food, they should still be, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to have extra food, but you want them to eat really good, healthy nutrition. It's just like on and on about your kids and their diet. And yet the amount of food that your children are exposed to, the amount of snacks that are available to kids is extremely huge. Every play date, the mom feels they should have snacks and that they should be healthy snacks, but also snacks the kids like. So then 
you know, the manufacturers make all of these very, you know, high fat, high salt foods, and then our kids get used to them. And then we try to feed them vegetables and they don't like our vegetables. And then we feel bad. We feel bad because our kids like junk, but yet they're offered junk all the time. And if you say you don't want them to have junk, then you look like you're being ridiculous, that you're being high strung, that you're like that mom. And then you're being told, oh, but if you restrict too much, when your kids grow up, they're going to end up being, um, you know, addicted to sugar. So you have to give them a little bit, but not too much. Oh my God, moms, we cannot manage it. We can't be in a competing environment with our own society all the time. That is the same that happens with screens as well. Everyone is telling you, don't let your kids do too much screen time. But no one is telling us what is too much. What's typical? What's enough? What's too much? What's too little? So you're told, make sure you're doing it too much, but none is best. But if you do use it, use it sparingly, but watch it with them and don't use it as a babysitter. Because if you're using social media, I mean, sorry, uh, tech tablets and TV time as, as a, as a babysitter, then that means you're probably lazy and you're not connecting with them and they're going to get super dysregulated and it's such a problem. And okay. Yeah. Screens are an issue, right? Our kids love them. They want them a lot. Because they are fun and interesting and, um, and great. I love my phone. I love all of my TV shows and all of my things. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So our kids want it. And we are trying to set boundaries and limits in an environment that is challenging. It's like, okay, don't let your kids use screen time, you know, in, on, on school nights. But yet we're going to give them a Chrome Chromebook or a tablet in third grade to take home, but you parents better monitor it. It's like, okay, how? (laughs) So here, I've only talked about three things. I already feel so overwhelmed for all of you. I feel overwhelmed for me trying to balance academics and education and food and, you know, their diet and their screen time. And then you have, okay, They shouldn't just do school. You should also have them into sports. Like sports are so valuable. Sports are really important. They develop, you know, social skills and leadership. And this is the way they move their body. And all the other kids aren't around anyway. So you might as well get them into sports. So then they're around other kids. And so you get them into sports. And then it's like, oh, but they shouldn't just do sports. They should also do something creative like art or music. And so then you get them into art and music. And then it's if you're religious, you, you, your family, your community is like, well, you, they need to be going to religious school. And if you speak a language outside of English in your family, you also want them to go learn that language. So you got to add that in too. And all of a sudden you have so much going on that your kids don't have time to play. And people are saying, well, you're overscheduled. You, you shouldn't be doing this much. You know, you're going to have so much behavior problems if you don't have, you know, downtime with your family. But yet the pressure to do the things is so intense. How are you supposed to opt out? And if you opt out, who is your kid going to play with? Because all the other kids are also playing, also in sports and enrichment every day. And that puts then tons of pressure on you to entertain them because they're not just playing with other kids because everybody else is busy. So it's like the messaging is so helpful, right? I love sports. I think they're really good. I love art. I love music. My kids have done all those things. 
but it's when we, you know, over schedule, we over schedule because of the messaging that these are valuable. And because everyone else is over scheduled, we end up with not enough opportunity for our kids to play with other kids. And this is becomes the defunct socialization is through enrichment. I, I don't want you to think, oh, darling's saying I shouldn't do sports or that I should feed my kids crappy stuff. What I'm trying to help you see is that sometimes you're given a set of standards, a list of expectations. And if you're finding yourself overwhelmed and guilty and feeling burned out, you might want to take a look at what you are trying to achieve. The other areas I see people trying to achieve is in self-care, right? There's like a big movement. I, I mean, I talk about this stuff. I, you know, I, I do. I want you to take excellent care of yourself. I want you to move your body. I want you to see your friends. And, you know, I put the whole concept of like put the oxygen mask on yourself. And if you don't, then you're going to, you know, be burned out and you're going to take that out on your kids or like, oh, if you don't have time for your friends, you must be like obsessed with your kids and you're codependent and you don't have good boundaries. So prioritize yourself, but also make sure you get everything else done. It's like when, if you are working, you get your kids out the door, you do work or you work around the house and you set up appointments and you tidy up and you do all of that stuff. You know, you volunteer at the school and all the things, and then you get your kids and you drive around all afternoon when, you know, making dinner whenever you can, shoving that in so you get healthy food, you get to bed, bam, when is the self-care time? It is very difficult, right? Because then there's also the pressure to have an organized house. Everyone is like, well, you should have an organized house because then you're, you know, you'll have better routines and your kids you know, if you organize all their stuff like this and you buy these totes and you get this system and you, you know, manage your time like this and you teach your kids how to do it, then your life is going to be simpler. But sometimes the thought, the pressure is the organized house itself. Who says that should be the case? Why is that our standard? Is it because we look at magazines and we see all of the different ways that, you know, moms organize and all the different you know, beautiful tablescapes and, you know, Joanna Gaines showing you how to cook with your children. And we have all these beautiful models of amazing moms who seem to like have it all together and do, you know, have perfect houses and perfect bodies and perfect kids and perfect talent, you know, all of it. There's a lot of pressure on you to achieve all of that. And then of course, you know, the, the idea, oh, well, you should work because working is so helpful. If you love work, you should work. That's amazing. And I mean, I work, right? But then there's this other whole thing that's like, well, don't work too much because if you work too much, then you won't have time for your kids. But so, but working is really good, but it's also bad because your kids will feel neglected, but you don't, you they won't feel neglected if you make sure you spend lots of time with them and you play with them. But don't forget about yourself. But working is good. But working can also be bad. So you better do it right and find the right balance. Jeez, right? Oh my God. I feel so overwhelmed. I hope you guys are enjoying this rant a little bit um, because I am going to get to a point. I am going to help you figure out how to get out of this. The last thing that's new 
for parents, for moms in particular over the last, you know, 20 years is be a gentle parent. Never yell at your kids. Let them have all of their feelings, but don't let them scream at you. You should set boundaries. It's your job to teach them, but no matter what, don't yell and let them have their feelings, but also don't let them hit other kids, make mistakes at school, be mean, or they'll be called a bully and then they'll get kicked out of school and their whole life they'll have a label and they'll have a, a complex. And I do teach gentle parenting. I do teach connected parenting. That is what I help you do. But what I think is happening is there's this idea now that you are supposed to not just manage everything, but you're never supposed to be unhappy about it. You're, you have this, this huge list of unrealistic expectations and, and um, standards that are impossible to meet. And you're being told, do it while letting your kids have all the temper tantrums and have all their feelings and you don't get to, you know, express any of yours essentially. That isn't what I teach. I really do help you manage your nervous system in the midst of misbehavior, set limits so that you're not permissive, so that you teach your kids how to express their, their feelings within a limit. It's an extension of the work of gentle parenting. It's like the connection is there. The compassion is there. The emotional regulation is there. You're teaching all of that within being able to set limits and boundaries without using punishment, which is not easy. We were not raised that way. So the standard is high. It's different. It's not armchair parenting where you're just sitting in the corner saying, do this, do that, because I said so. Some of you want that. I want that too. The problem is the only way you get that is if you taught your kids that they have to be afraid of you, which most of you don't want. You don't want your kids to be afraid of you. So then you have this other ideal where, where you want your kids to listen and follow directions and be in a society based on mutual respect, respect for themselves, respect for the community, respect for the family. And so we're teaching them how to do that and it's not simple. It's not. And so you might be putting pressure on yourself that you're supposed to be perfect at it. Perfect, gentle parent. No, none of us are going to be perfect. I'm not. I lose my stuff, my, my cool sometimes still. Rarely. Also, the kids are older, but I don't know. Now when I do, they're like, hey, mom, seems like you need to take a break. <laughs> but, you know, there were times when of course, I'm a human being. You're a human being. You get, you're entitled. What we're working on is the, the goal, right? So all of this, these expectations around academics and behavior and food and sports and screen time, and we didn't even talk about sleep, like, you know, and self-care and, and organizing your house, all of it is unsustainable. The message you're getting as a mom is be super chill while you get all the shit done. If you don't get all the shit done, you're going to fuck up your kids and it's going to be your fault. So suck it up, buttercup, and get it done. And if you're overwhelmed and, and frustrated, it's probably because 
I don't know, you, you're doing it wrong or, you know, something like that. Like, it's like, no, the, the issue is that the standards are too high. So burnout, all of this leads to burnout. Burnout is when you have a lot of stressors, a lot of expectations, a lot of demands in your life, and that those demands are greater than your time to recover from them. It's 100% okay to have stress and be busy. You're, that's inevitable, right? You're caring for people. But what you want to make sure you're building in your life is periods of time where you get your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul back to a new baseline. It's like, yes, woo, that was an intense week. I'm taking Saturday. We're not doing anything. I'm resting. Or this has been a really long day. We're doing screen time and takeout and I don't care, right? Being able to flow and be gracious with yourself without feeling guilt. In modern motherhood, there are just too many demands. This is why what, one of the things I want to help you, you're, one of the takeaways for today is that, how do I say this? There are a lot of expectations in modern motherhood. And those expectations are built around other people's goals. So you have, you know, corporations, they want to make you buy things, right? Schools, they want you to have kids who behave and that do well and perform well in their school systems. There are systems in place, right, that are not necessarily with your best interest in mind. So you're, what I do, what I've done to get myself out of these demands is I've decided what I care about the most. What are my goals? So having, like deciding what I'm going to focus on and why it's important to me helps me weed through all of those other expectations all of those other standards, all the other goals that the other the systems have in place, the, the, what people are trying to sell me, right? I get to decide if I want to buy it based on what I want. So when you have a big picture goal and a vision for your family, it's going to help you figure out what to say yes to and what to say no to. So I'm going to tell you my three goals for my family. They have always been, number one, my Number one parenting goal has been my kids' emotional health and emotional well-being. Full stop. I can look at every decision I have made through the years and some of the things I've had to opt out of and say no to are very specifically because I did not see those things leading to my kids' emotional health and well-being. I was willing to fail, quote unquote, fail in other areas, maybe around food or maybe around school or whatever, because of my other goal. So that's my number one. My second most important goal for my family has always been 
my relationship with my children. So I've had the big vision, the big picture of the future relationship I want with my kids. And I've been cultivating that for decades, almost. Moving us into greater and greater connection purely because I want to have a good relationship with my kids. I want to know them. I want to be able to listen to them. I want to, um, it's not even about me. I want access to them. <laughs> like it's, it's like not, I mean, not about, um, like, oh, I want them to get guidance from me. I want to be their mentor, like kind of, but really I just want to know them. So I've wanted to keep that line of communication open. So my relationship has always been important. And my third goal has been my personal, mental, and emotional well-being. My own healing journey. My belief is that motherhood is an experience that can help me heal. But of course, I have to be in a place where I can look at the pain. I had a traumatic childhood. I've had a lot of hard things in my adult life and my well-being has always been my priority, my mental and emotional well-being. So I spend a lot of time and energy on taking care of myself because I believe that that will benefit my family and it benefits me. I just, I didn't want motherhood to kill me. I didn't want to, I didn't want to burn out during it. I wanted to enjoy it. So whenever I feel burned out, in my life, if things feel off balance, this is what I do. I stop, I take a look and I look at what's going on. What are, what have we committed to? What have we had say, what have we said yes to? And I look at what we are already doing and I figure out, okay, which one of these is in service to my big picture goals and which aren't, which of these things will support my kids' emotional health, support my relationship with them, support my mental and emotional well-being. If I decide it's not going to do any of those, I'm like, I'm out. Sometimes I let it go temporarily. Sometimes I let it go long-term. I think of parenting like a Ferris wheel that I have the power to stop and start at any time. So whatever is at the top of the Ferris wheel in that first kind of bucket is what I'm focused on. Sometimes I can also focus on the things that are next to it, right? Thinking of a Ferris wheel has multiple buckets, right? The Ferris wheel normally has people in it. But in my life, they, the Ferris wheel has the things that uh, are demands on my life, the things I'm working on, the things I'm focused on. So I think of it as a Ferris wheel that I can stop and start at any time. I can pause that Ferris wheel and focus on what's just at the top I can slow it down. I can speed it up. I can, I can work on something for a while. And then if I, when I feel like, okay, we've got that sort of managed, then I can turn on the Ferris wheel and let it flow and something else comes to the top. So this metaphor, it helps me feel less guilt about something that I'm not currently working on because I know that the thing is still on my Ferris wheel and I'm going to get to it. It's just not my priority right then. This has happened with academics on, on and off. And let me give you a couple examples. I was thinking about this. When the boys were little, I was working on their emotional regulation, particularly Lincoln. He 
had a lot of trouble managing his body. He was a hitter. He was, you know, basically he would like get into other people's body, you know, space and, and, um, it was really hard. He would get in trouble in preschool. He would get in trouble in kindergarten. And, you know, I was very embarrassed by it and ashamed. And it's what led me to the parenting work in the first place. I tried all the, the traditional stuff and it wasn't working. It was activating more fear. He was getting more dysregulated, even more misbehaved. School was incredibly dysregulating place for him. So he acted out all lot at school or on play dates or, or play group and all of those things. So my goal my Ferris wheel, the thing that was on the top was my kids' emotional regulation. So we went to preschools that were play-based and developmental, not academic. We went to elementary school that didn't have homework. They weren't in any sports or classes when they were little because those were too stimulating. And we also had a lot of therapy appointments and I didn't want to burn me out. I only did small play dates or none at all. I said no to family gatherings. We didn't go to some birthday parties. None of that was forever. I let the top thing be the top thing until it felt like we could add some other things in. And I turned that Ferris wheel back on and we moved, moved it along. The most recent time that I had to stop my Ferris wheel for a while was after my sister died in 2021. And her son came to live with us. And my priority was my own mental health and my nephew's mental health. So that meant my kids, their little Ferris wheel buckets, they were kind of lower for a short time. I had to back off on work. I had to let go of some of the limits with them. All because I knew that if I didn't manage my own grief and my own mental well-being, then I would probably burn out to such a high degree. It wouldn't have been worth it. So How do we do this? If you notice, (laughs) when you are saying yes to something, that means you're saying no to other things. What happens is that you want to prioritize your family and what you and your kids need at any given time, but that means saying no to something else. So what does that look like? It means really ultimately not people-pleasing. Prioritizing your family means not prioritizing other people's families. (laughs) I don't mean to be super selfish and super self-centered. I actually don't think we have to stay in this place for very long, but there are seasons in motherhood. There are seasons in parenting where we are at a lower capacity for more demands. We've got to lower the demand so that we can increase our own capacity. So you might not be able to meet other people's standards around your house or what you feed your kids or what you say yes to. You might not be able to make everybody happy. People might get mad at you, right? So worrying about other people's feelings more than yours, worrying about other people's feelings more than your kids might end up creating a lot of pain for you, a lot of pain for your kids. Sometimes you have to let go of what the school and the teachers think of you, care less about it. That might not be popular, amongst teachers, right? But I think anyone listening to this podcast and any teacher knows that that families are important, that kids' mental and emotional well-being is important, that no kid learns when they're stressed. So let's regulate a family before we dysregulate them by adding a bunch of things. 
It mean it could mean having a messy house at times, eating crap food, doing a lot of self-soothing, like a lot of Netflix binging or whatever it is for you. Spending money on support and resources like joining my coaching programs or getting a babysitter or doing those food kits, right? Doing Instacart, doing things that cost money that that then can benefit you if you can afford that or, or just making different priority decisions. You know what? We're not going to pay for karate, which is, you know, whatever, however much a month, because I am going to do this food kit and taking a break from karate. Oh, I don't know. They're going to work on their black belt. They're going to get behind. Who cares? That's what I'm trying to help you see. You're going to start to get worried and you're going to have to remind yourself of your goals. So that's how you get out of the guilt. What is guilt? Guilt is having feelings of deserving blame for imagined offense or some sense of inadequacy. So if I feel guilty, it's because I believe that I have done something wrong or that I am inadequate in a certain way. To have a sense of inadequacy You have to have some sense of what's adequate. So where are you getting your definition of adequate mothering, adequate parenting, adequate family life? Where are your standards coming from? If your standards and your expectations and your goals in motherhood aren't coming from you and what you want for your kids, then I promise you won't ever feel adequate. You will never feel like you're measuring up. You will feel guilty. Your perceived failings in motherhood have nothing to do with you. You are great. You are an incredible person. You are an incredible mother. You measure up in 100,000 ways. The problem with modern motherhood is the unrealistic expectations fed to you by your family, your faith, your community, the media, capitalism, the patriarchy, heteronormative ideals. There's these standards that are put in place. And if you decide those are the standards for you, you will feel inadequate. You will feel guilt. And you will burn yourself out trying to get there. The way out of burnout and guilt are by, are by defining what motherhood means for you and what you want from this experience. You get to be in charge of your life. You get to say yes and you get to say no. And people are going to be annoyed. People are going to have opinions. People are going to have feelings. Go back to your goals. What matters the most to you? Whew, mamas. I care about this a lot because I care about you and I want you to enjoy your life and enjoy your kids and enjoy this experience of motherhood. And if you are burned out and you're feeling guilty, I encourage you to go to my website, callmamacoaching.com. Click on programs, see what programs I'm offering. And in there, you can book a call and we can talk about what's going on with you. 
and I can help you define some of your goals, some of the areas that you can, you know, end, back off, change, say no to. So reach out to me on Instagram at Darlin Childress. You can reply, if you get the emails, you can reply to an email. I read all of those. You can, you know, slide into my DMs, book a call available on my, um, on my website. I am here to serve and help you navigate this experience of motherhood and make it the best possible journey for you. All right, mamas, have a great week and I will talk to you next time.